0: Alrighty. Hey, welcome to those who are watching online or on the podcast also. We have a, a special guest with us here today, uh, Andy and Steph Hogarth, Steph's in the front here, are uh, from uh, the Journey Uniting Church in Adelaide, South Australia, and have been pastoring there, for, I think, for about 15 the last 15 years. Yeah. Their church is uh, around about 10 or so years older than the Billabong, also a church plant, but from about 30 years ago. And uh, it's been great to have Andy and Steph here. Andy helped to facilitate our our team retreat yesterday and now is going to share the word for us this morning. And he'll say a little bit more about himself uh, so we get to to know him, but it's just been a real joy to have you here today, Andy and Steph. Um, So let's just pray quickly and then we're going to have Sam read the scripture. Father, I pray this morning that as we open your word together, uh, that you would open our hearts and that you would give Andy, clarity of mind and thought and speech as he shares with us this morning, that his words uh, you would use uh, to speak to us, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would speak through him to us and that we would come away from this place changed, renewed, refreshed by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Sam.
1: Good morning. Uh, this morning's reading comes from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through to 7. The land of the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali was once disgraced. But the future will bring honour to this region from the Mediterranean eastwards to the land on the other side of the Jordan and even to Galilee itself where the foreigners live. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They lived in a land of shadows, but now light is shining on them. You have given them great joy, Lord. You have made them happy. They rejoice in what you have done, as people rejoice when they harvest their corn or when they divide captured wealth, for you have broken the yoke that burdened them and the rod that beat their shoulders. You have defeated the nation that oppressed and exploited your people, just as you defeated the army of uh, Midian long ago. The boots of the invading army and all their bloodstained clothing will be destroyed by fire. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be our ruler. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. His royal power will continue to grow. His kingdom will always be at peace. He will rule as King David's successor, basing his power on right and justice from now until the end of time. The Lord Almighty is determined to do all this. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Wonderful. Well, it's it's uh, great to uh, be here with you today. I'll leave you to decide whether it's great for you uh, in about twenty minutes or so. But uh, we. Uh, We've been uh, so encouraged by the story of the Billabong, and uh, it's, I feel uh, very privileged to be here on uh, a weekend where uh, the Billabong's sending out another couple, uh, the couple who started this uh, church to uh, a new uh, new venture. And uh, so uh, it's very very exciting, very exciting. Um, uh, around Christmas time uh, in uh, the northern part of uh, in uh, New Jersey in the United States, a uh, aged father wrote a letter to his son who was in prison. He said, "Dear son uh, i 'm very sad this christmas, and uh, I was uh, going to dig up the the ground you know in prepared for when winter ends so that uh, I can plant those tomatoes that we used to enjoy together and uh, but the ground the backyard is just so flat now and it's cold and but even when it thaws out I won't be able to do it and I feel sad and uh, the son wrote back dear dad whatever you do don't dig up the backyard <laughs> that's where all the bodies are. That's where all the uh, takings from crime has been uh, buried. Well, the father received this and as he's reading it, he looks out the window and the FBI, the CIA, every law enforcement agency is on his in his house, moving through to the backyard, digging it up from top to bottom, all the way through, and uh, they find nothing, and um, the next week, a letter comes and says, well, Dad, the backyard's ready for the end of winter. One letter, smart guy, smart guy. Um. I wonder what letter you're receiving for Christmas from God. You know, we heard a bit of that story. You know, how many times have you... No, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but the number of times you get more out of the children's story than the sermon. You know what I mean? In fact, we had a couple who uh, came to our church, and um, she, uh, she's actually closely related to some of uh, Adelaide's most notorious uh, biker gangs and uh, wonderful person, and um, she, she'd never been to church before in her life, but her husband had had some background. Anyway, young kids, they came. Uh, last year, we baptised them all, but she said she actually, um, we, we, when we dedicated the children, we gave them a little children's Bible, so she'd read the children's Bible. She said, oh, now it makes sense. She got the whole, her alpha course was the children's Bible uh, story, um, the powerful letter from God powerful letter from God and here today uh, we've heard one of the letters from God from God's prophet Isaiah to God's people to God's people in a very difficult time exile they lost land king temple and he writes them a letter about a son that's really about the future and I want to talk just for a few minutes about the future For me, my future changed in 1972, as surprised as you all would be, I was actually alive in 1972, I was born then. I know, I don't look like that. (laughs) These days I wear a lot of black, it's very slimming, (laughs) but in 1972, my father was 38 and uh, had two older sisters, young family. My mother had become a Christian in uh, the 1950s, with Billy Graham crusades and all that sort of thing. How many people were there? You know, amen. Brian was there. Brian's been there the whole time. <laughs> and uh, she met and married my father. My father was a Scotsman. He grew up in the Church of Scotland. And uh, though he grew up in a church family, like most people in the Western world at that time, and uh, though he listened to, their, their Sunday evening entertainment was listening to hymns on the radio, all stimulating stuff. Well, of course it is. Um, and, uh, but never, he said to my mum, he said, I wish I'd had the experience you've had. It's all a bit of a mystery, a bit of a blur. I get church and, like many of his generation, went to church, but just didn't have that engagement. In fact, his church was really the Rotary Club. God bless the Rotarians. But for him, it was starting to become his church, like many of his generation. But they were in the town of Border Town in the southeast of South Australia. He he was... uh, manager of a large station called Senior Park and a new minister came to town and my dad sort of went to church most weeks and he'd always felt comfortable in church it wasn't unknown to him but it wasn't personal but he said for the first time in his life he felt uncomfortable in church he said there was something about this preacher and what he was preaching that stirred him and he said, although I felt uncomfortable, yet at the same time I couldn't look away. It was like a car crash. It was awful, but I couldn't look away. And over a three-month period in 1972, something changed in his heart and mind. My father became a Christian. That decision changed my future. From that day on, my sisters and I grew up in a vitalized Christian faith. My dad at the age of 38 I think made an internal decision to make up for all the years he had lost. He became the best supporter of any minister who came to their town. Irrespective of what other people said, he would support that minister, he'd be there early, leave late. I can still smell the gestetner. You remember the old gestetner Brian does. The, the, the old gestetner I still smell that because dad, would. where's dad? Oh, he's, he's just helping out with the weekly newsletter or he's just visiting someone or he's just praying, you know. We had a night service that no one went to, but my dad went to it to support the minister. Everything changed. Over that period of the 1970s, my parents came into an experience of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. I, some of my earliest memories are as a little kid under the coffee table while people sang songs, they prayed, they even prayed in languages I didn't understand. Uh, I saw my parents have these prayer meetings and one woman, a young, young woman had, uh, had horses and had a terrible accident where her thumb had been, she had the rein around her thumb and the horse took off on it just tore her thumb irreparably, she was a young mum with young children, her hand was going to be permanently disabled and I remember looking and seeing as they prayed, this thumb just goes, I didn't actually make that sound but (laughs) for effect, healed. She and her husband and three young children, they came to the Lord, I saw that. It changed my future. I was eight years old. I'd been sent, I had a strange virus and I'd been at hospital. I was sent home, but I was sent home to die because they could not do anything about it. Maybe today they could have, I don't know. But I was sent home to die. I hadn't eaten for 10 days. It just couldn't even stand the smell of food. It was this unusual. I wonder whether it was even a spiritual thing, I don't know. But a a friend of my dad's who, at a similar age, about that time, had come to personal faith in Christ, just sort of was reading his Bible and did that radical thing that a lot of people who are new to the faith do when they read the Bible. They actually think it's absolutely 100% true. Radical thing. And he reads, If anyone is sick, they should call the elders of the church to lay hands on them and anoint them with oil and that person will be made well. And he just thought, well, isn't that what we do? Well, I'm old enough. And he came around and there was a group of people, I'd, they'd put me on a stretch, a little uh, uh, fold-out bed in the lounge room so I could sort of be around people as my body was wasting away. And they laid hands on me at three o'clock in the afternoon and by that night I was eating chops. I ordered chops, uh, vegetables, all that sort of stuff and ice cream. I started eating straight away. Normally, even under normal circumstances, you would be sort of on soups or whatever. No, I started full on. And, folks, I've been eating ever since. (laughs) Changed my future. I should have died, but I lived. I should have died, but I lived. The future. The future. What's your future? What are you considering about your future? My mother's 82. She's going, well, I should slow down. But, you know, when she thinks of all those local primary schools and the need for those kids to hear about Christmas, she goes, ah. She could hold her own, but she just organised. The ministers had a plan, but um, Yvonne Hogarth had another plan. And uh, so she just made some strategic phone calls and got a young group in to do fantastic music and all that for the... That's, you know, you've always got a future. You've always got a ministry. What's your future? Sometimes our future is defined a little bit by what we're worrying about. What's your future? What now? What now for me? What now for my career? What now for my non-career? What now for my kids? What now for my grandkids? Future. Future. What now for my world? The future. Because the past is gone, isn't it? We can lament the past. We can be sorry for the past. We can be forgiven for the past. And you really can't grab your future until you've dealt with your past in some way. And we've got the present. Oh, that's the tea break. Yes, I'm winding up. Whoever's alarm is going off. (laughs) You've got the present, but really it's about the future. Really it's about the future. Brian, is that your phone? (laughs) It's about the future. What the Holy Spirit does and what prophetic does is Isaiah speaking into their future. Jesus speaks into the future. The Holy Spirit comes to bring the future into our present. That's why a church is planted. That's why things happen. That's why we must listen to the word of God preached because the word of God preached is God's word from the future to us now. Because we can get stuck in the past. We can get stuck in the present. We can have a narrative in our mind that is always longing for something that was, rather than being obedient to the Holy Spirit and what is and will be. And that is challenging. That is challenging. But that is exactly what the Bible does. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit is always, always on about the holy spirit is here to bring you future and in jesus name you always have a future my father went to be with the lord this year 2 weeks before his uh, one of his grand well, his first grandchild got married but he didn't die unhappy he died in the lord His future didn't end. Man, he was just getting started. You have a future. You always have a future in Jesus' name. And that's not just a philosophical stance. That's an actual reality. That's an ontological truth for the theologians amongst us. And Isaiah is speaking into the future. Isaiah is speaking from the future not even sure how this thing works, but we'll give it a go. Sorry? The big, the big button. Boom. What am I pointing at? Boom? Yeah. Oh, there we go. The first thing about the future is that it is a born-again experience. A child is born to us. A child is born to us. I don't know about you, but my future really depended on whether I was born or not. Jesus said to one of the leading theologians of his day, he said, we've all had a physical birth, but we need a spiritual birth, a new creation birth. Jesus said it. The Bible teaches this over and over and over again. The whole of the Bible is the teaching of the of the ultimate futility of trying to get a king or a land or temple or, or, or things like this. That although all those things are good, it is the spiritual birth that will change your destiny. Spiritual birth changes people's destiny. It is the only thing that does, it is the only thing that will. And into And Isaiah is speaking to God's people and we know that we read the Old Testament in the light of Christ and the New Testament applied by the Holy Spirit today that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has begun. A child has been born, his name is Jesus, but he is born so that you may be reborn. It's everything. It's not just an evangelistic kind of message Every week, that is the message. A new life has happened. And sometimes to rediscover our future, we need to get a hold again of what Christ has done, who Christ is, and that a new life has begun. And it is a new life in God's grace. It's not a moralistic religion. It's not an effort from ourselves But it's a son that is given to us. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a free gift. Ever had that experience where you haven't bought someone a gift and they bring a gift, like a really nice gift, and you go, you feel awkward about it? Or is that just me? A gift. But that is exactly what has happened. God's not giving the gift so that you give something back. He's giving the gift. The gift is Christ. The gift is your life in him. That he chose us before the creation of the world. God's intent and purpose is for you to be here. No one's here by accident. No one's here in this place or any church by accident. No one's in Canningvale by accident. There is a purpose that God has. And it's a purpose that has been set before the creation of the world. To the praise of his glorious grace. One word sums up the whole Bible from beginning to end. It's grace. God's grace. New Testament. says, be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus. How strong are you in the grace of the Lord Jesus? Some people, don't, some people seem strong in their morals or their convictions or their opinions. But are you strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus? It says he will be our ruler. We love a saviour, but do we want a leader? But Jesus Christ is leader. This child is born to lead, to rule, to reign. When someone is born again of Christ, they have a new leader. Down the road from my mum and dad's place was another couple and my mum had become very good friends with this woman. Her, Her husband was a difficult man. But she prayed and one day he rang my father. He said, David, I'm under new management. I'm under new management. He gave his life to Christ. He understood that Jesus Christ was in our Lord, changed his life, saved his marriage, changed the future of his children. And friends, this leadership of Jesus, as we read the New Testament, is distinctly related, irrevocably related to our experience of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, no one can say Jesus is Lord except... By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Spirit's power and leadership in our life. The Spirit's prompting. The Spirit's leading. The Spirit's correction. The Spirit's guidance. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is so central to our being led by Jesus Christ. And there's several things that happen when we experience this born-again experience, when we are truly led by the Holy Spirit. First is this, we have God's wisdom. How many people don't want any more wisdom in their life? How many people have just got it so all together that you just don't need Any more wisdom in your life? I mean, there's not a problem or a situation that you come across that is uh, out of your league of reason. Is there anyone? Please, anyone. Okay. God's wisdom. We need wisdom, don't we? We need wisdom. You don't know what's coming around the corner. God's wisdom is the wonderful counsellor. What does James say? If anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask and God will give it. Isaiah, again, he says, God's ways are higher. God's thoughts are greater. The wisdom of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not, a, not an unhealthy fear, but an awe. Are we seeking God's wisdom? 2020 is coming. Our future. There are things right now that are ahead of us that we don't know. Are we going into 2020 with our wisdom, our collective good common sense? Nothing wrong with common sense. The problem is it's not that common these days. We can come in with common sense, but this is saying something more. There's the wisdom of God. Wisdom. What is it that God is calling you to in 2020? Maybe you don't know, but you can get wisdom for that. Wisdom in your marriage. Wisdom in raising children. Wisdom in navigating this next season of your life. Wisdom. Wisdom from God. And I just sense today there's there's a spiritual gift of wisdom. There's a wisdom. There's some of you who have come today and you're actually, your big question is what's God really saying? What's the wisdom that God has for me for this next year? Some of you have being stirred by that even now because you think, well, I've been doing this. I've got it down. But something's stirring. Something's complicating your life. Something's unsettling you. And it's the Holy Spirit calling you to call on the, on the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. I want to pray right now. I just sense that for some of us right now, God wants to bring a God drop, a a gift of wisdom. If you're open to that, would you just close your eyes? Maybe even open up your hands to receive. Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom for 2020. I need wisdom for my life. I need wisdom for my marriage. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and grant me what I need. Lord, my head is full of so many things but I realise that I need to humble myself before you today and ask for wisdom. So often, Lord, I've thought, man, I've got it all together. There's a pride in my life. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Pour your wisdom into my heart. Pour your wisdom into my mind. Humble me, Lord. Lord, I want to lead my be, lead and be led in wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. With that is God's power. When the Holy Spirit comes, when we're living out of the spiritual birth, God's power comes. I believe there is a baptism with the Holy Spirit. I believe there are signs and wonders that happen with the Holy Spirit. I believe there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe they're for you right now if you're a believer. Maybe you're not a believer here today but, and, and so I don't, I don't want to spook you out with anything, you know, but I want you to be aware of the atmosphere. There's something that's drawing you here today or maybe you're watching this on the, on the screen and And you're going, yeah, I know there's something more. I want to suggest to you that that more is the Holy Spirit. You can feel the presence and the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit now. You can sense his presence. And there's a hunger and longing in you for more of his presence and his power. That word power is the same word as dynamite. It's the root word, dynamite. Incredible, inexhaustible power. The Spirit gives life. For the billabong to fulfil its destiny for the next 20 years, you will need the power of God. One of my mentors, he was greatly used by God, Barry Chant is his name. He started Table College. and During his ministry, he was good friends with another minister, an actual Uniting Church minister who always said, oh, Barry, you know, I'd like to get a bit more acquainted with this whole Holy Spirit thing and stuff. And Barry said to him, he said, John, you're not hungry enough. And his friend was very offended by that. John was very offended. He said, well, I just wanted, I was just asking, you know. Anyway, two years later, he was close to burnout. John was close to burnout Ministry was failing, everything like that, and he came to Barry and he said, "Barry, now I'm hungry. Now I'm hungry." And they prayed together, and John experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and started to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a way that, for the next twenty years of his ministry, was a hallmarked by unusual healings and ministries and growth and transformations. He was hungry. How hungry are you? God's mighty power. Mighty God. Don't wait for the next crisis to be calling upon God. Call on him now. You're hungry, you just don't know it. It's like the thing, most people think they're hungry, but they're actually, 70% of the time when we feel like we're hungry, we're actually thirsty. We need more, we're dehydrated. It's a little bit like that. we we are hungry for things, or oh, if we get more money, or if I just have a bit of a break, or if I just, you know, this or that or this or that or this or that, but actually we're not we're actually thirsty for the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, it's a God's power. He's the eternal Father, God's family, will always be part of God's family. You might have a great family, you might, your family might be screwed up, it might be a little bit in between. One of my brother-in-laws said about the Hogarth family, he said, the thing about the Hogarths is they appear normal until it's too late. <laughs> but to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. you know you'll always be part of a family? Do you know you've got an eternal family? Your current family will change over time. Your current family will be affected by death and birth and loss. But your eternal family, Christ's family, the family of the Father God, will continue forever. That deep, inherent hunger we have for relationship is met in two words. Abba, Father. Father God, and with that comes peace, because your future is assured, your future is assured, maybe you're listening today, maybe you're here today, maybe you don't even know Christ today, but you're hearing a word to your mind and your soul and your troubledness and the underlying anxiety you have and, and the, the root cause of all that control that you want to exercise over everybody and everything and all those things, they're symptoms of something deeper because you fear the future. You don't have a certainty about the future because you're only trusting yourself and deep down you know that you yourself are temporal. You know that you are growing older. You know that you don't have it in control. And the lack of peace that you feel is a symptom of that. And friends, the only answer, the only antidote to that, personally, in your family, in your church, in your spiritual life, in your career, in any other part that you have, is God's peace because it roots us back plants us where we always belong there's nothing like the peace of god you can't fake it but once you've got it nothing will shake you nothing will shake you it's not dependent on how quiet it is or how loud it is how ordered it is how chaotic it is peace the peace of god Transcends all understanding. It guards the hearts and minds. And it requires of us faith faith to say, God, I'm going to commit everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving to you. I'm going to commit this to you. I'm not going to look to my wisdom. I'm not going to look to my solutions. I'm going to commit this to you. I'm going to commit the good things to you. I'm going to commit the bad things to you. I'm going to offer the things that I feel I've got together. That's the biggest risk and I'm going to commit the things I don't feel I've got together. I'm going to commit the things I understand. I'm going to commit the things I don't understand. I'm going to commit them to you. I'm going to for whatever years I have left, I'm going to be grounded in you and in you you as my father, you. As my power, you as my leader, and you watch the peace of God just flood your life, it will change you forever. And you have a future. You have a future. You have a future. You have a future. This church has a future. Your life has a future. Irrespective of your age, you have a future. Irrespective of your bank account, you have a future. Irrespective of your life and career position at the moment, you have a future. You have a future. And the call of God is coming. The call of God has come. Would you just stand with me in prayer for a moment? I just ask the band to come up. I just want to change the plan a little bit. Can we just do uh, my Jesus and uh, my Saviour? Shout to the Lord and uh, Greg, can you just play it on piano just for a moment, just as we're still in the presence of God? I want to invite you, you might want to close your eyes, just to focus on the Lord. You might want to open up your hands as if to receive from the Lord, just as Mark plays this through. The presence of God. The power of God, the peace of God. purpose of God. Just let God minister to you for a moment. Let His Word come to you. And maybe today, if you don't know where you are with God, maybe there's a spiritual emptiness in your heart and your mind. Would you just say yes? Yes to Jesus Christ. Yes, to the forgiveness of all my sin. Yes, to Him leading my life. Yes. In faith, I say yes. Change your future now. Yes. Yes. Dear believers, as you're here today, dear Billabong Church community in Canningvale, would you just say yes to Christ? We are at the turn of a new season. We are no longer teenagers. Yes. Yes. Yes to children. Yes to the children's ministry. Yes to whatever I'm called to serve. Yes to the things even that I don't feel called to serve. But I, someone needs to be there early and leave late. Yes. Yes to prayer. Yes to faith. Yes to positivity. Yes to the greater things. Yes to a future in Jesus' name. Yes to worship. Yes to evangelism. In Jesus' name, I'm saying yes. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No. For Mark and Deb, I just sensed as you were standing up here that while the, the church of South Perth, or whatever the name of that church is, has given 100% to you. I just feel that God just wants you to know that your Father, God the Father, has said 100%. That even if they were 0%, His 100% is still with you. And I feel that God the Holy Spirit wants to say it's not just the prayers of that church that have brought you there. It is the prayers of many people in that area who in their own fumbling way, some with faith, some without faith, but they have been praying. They have been like Cornelius offering sacrifices, just calling out. They don't even know the God to which they're calling out, but I have heard their prayer and I'm sending you to them. And there are going to be Three years of challenges, three years of pushing through, but I will be with you and then the fruit will come. The fruit will come because I've heard the prayers and I have determined to reach the Corneliuses. I've determined to reach the people who are calling out to me, who do not yet know me or have a church family. My anointing is upon you and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your family because you have set your face to bless me and bless those who don't know me. In Jesus' name. Well, folks, come on. Would you just lift your hands where you are, open your heart and let's sing to Jesus. Let's call upon His name by faith, creating the future in His name. Let's sing together. My Jesus, my Saviour,
3: Lord, there is none like you. All of my days I want to praise the wonders of
0: your
3: my comfort. My shelter, tower of refuge and strength Let every breath know that I am Come on, let's declare it over Canningvale. Let's declare it over 2020. Declare it over your life. We're shouting to Jesus Christ. Shout to the Lord, all oh the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I stand. Nothing compares to the bronze. Shout to the Lord. Oh, shout to the Lord. All the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have. In you.
2: Just keep playing that for a moment, Greg. Presence of God for the people of God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he strengthen you with his hand. May he find you full of faith. May he find you abandoned to the leadership of Jesus Christ alone. May he find you in the hands of the loving Father from which none can be stolen. And may Canningvale, Ms. and Mr. Canningvale, right now, far away from faith, but they are not far away from God. May they find you. May the Lord hear your prayer. May the Lord strengthen the work of your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, folks. It's been a pleasure to minister with you, and I'll hand it over to Luke to close up. I've never been scared to
1: talk, but I want to.